The angels have been defeated. But Sila attacks. It's time to run, fight, or die in the end of Evangelion. Welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast, the bargain basement of monster podcasting airwaves. This week, as we try to stay alive, Alex, we're discussing the end of Evangelion. If you haven't listened to the first two episodes of our Evangelion series, that's probably where you should start. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Can you imagine coming into this? <laughs> yeah. It would be like going into End of Evangelion without watching the series first. That's exactly what it would be be like <laughs> <laughs> which i think some people have i honestly think like oh yeah I'm yeah sure I, I, I think like some of the negative perception like if you've just seen end of evangelion i can understand some of the complaints maybe that you would put against the show oh, yeah right? can you imagine oh, <laughs> oh I <can't>. man <laughs> yeah exactly, <laughs> bonkers, exactly right yeah but you totally can see it right like somebody hasn't seen evangelion and they are going they're over at a friend's house he's a huge fan like oh yeah you just let's just watch this so you get a good taste of what it's all about you'd be like what the heck is going on (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much oh man (laughs) well yeah man so this end of evangelion it's um so this is created after like a year after the series concluded is that right yeah yeah it's something like that like he he got the budget that he was want. It's a few things like Gainax, the animation studio got the money to do this project. And obviously, you know, they, they got him on board and now that they had the money, they wanted to redo it. A lot of people conflate like that. He got a bunch of death threats and that this is his, at, this was his big middle finger to uh, all the fans that did that. But apparently he didn't really get that many death threats. And this is not that like, People like to tell that story because of how some people feel about the ending of this, especially. Hmm. And so people like to rationalize it with a lot of those things. But apparently, like, even the realistic pictures of the postcards he got with death threats, he had them written by his friends. And so a lot of the there's a lot of myth and like legend around this. This I guess it's not really a movie, really. It's just like. I guess it is. I don't know. Uh, but around, the, we'll just call it a movie. But mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of like baggage around this movie. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And so that probably means we have a lot to discuss, Alex. So let's just jump right in. Yeah, for sure. All right. Last week, we discussed the series ending. And despite scratching our heads at some of the loose plot threads, we both enjoyed it. The end of Evangelion was literally created to bring a sense of closure to that ambiguity of the series. But do you think it succeeds? So two big questions to start us off then, Alex. One, does the end of Evangelion succeed in fulfilling your biggest gripes from last week? And secondly, do you like the series more with end of Evangelion attached? So here's the weird thing. I I don't know if end of Evangelion was... Evangelion. End of Evangelion was actually... I mean, it's definitely not intended to resolve the overall ambiguity of the ending of the series, right? Because this, I feel like the ending of this is, 
pretty ambiguous, ambiguous. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and I, I but I do think it, I do think it makes things more interesting for the series overall, especially you know, especially for me. It it, it makes the original series actually a bit more palatable. But what, but what I mean by this, because I did like it a lot, um, is that I could take elements from this film, and if I didn't like this film. I can use these uh, these bits of information I received to fill in gaps for the previous series. Yeah. And, so, like, yeah. R- real quick, Alex. Like, I think this is what happened last week with with you. Like, you were you were having a couple insights because you've you've watched this film before. Yes. I have not, and like, I think you probably watched this film in like coordination. I, I may have seen this actually, but it would be some parts of it felt familiar, but then parts of it just seemed like. I should remember this if I've seen it, right? <laughs> well, there, it, um, there's so but, much talk about this series on the internet and yeah. uses of, usage of memes and footage and stuff. Right. It, it's kind of hard to <sighs> I don't separate. Know. Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's like, I don't know if I've seen it before. I didn't remember it. Um, but my point being is last week, you had a couple of things that, that you said that I was like, huh, like I didn't pick that up. But then after I watched this, I was like picking up on what you were saying last week. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that makes sense why he said that. Cause he was like filling in the gap from the series with the movie. When you're saying like, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't like something from the movie, you could even use the series to fill in those gaps. Right. Yeah. So you're kind of saying both things. Because I feel like it would be easy to critique this movie a bit and, and it, which would be valid. Again, I'm of two minds of this whole thing. Um, that they throw too much with exposition at you. And I think that's probably true. But they also do that a bit in the series as well. Uh, but we don't pay attention because it never pays off. And so we actually get payoff here in a way. Um, I do love the like, a lot of the answers we do get and a lot of the nonsense in this movie. And frankly, we, get, we do get plenty of character stuff too. But Anno goes just off the rocker off his rocker on this one with like his world building and like whatever is happening with Lilith and Adam and all these uh-huh. angels and stuff that that's like always been the hardest aspect for me to wrap my mind around with, yeah. with, with the, the whole series. And the fact that the movie goes into the part that I'm having the most trouble with, like it doubles down in that area. Mm-hmm. It does, it does leave me a little, a little like I need to learn more or figure this out. Hmm. Um, but I do think like this has some. I think the film has a lot of like disturbingly interesting uh, ideas, like some some more so than the series. And I'll I'll talk about those a bit more in a little bit. But while not everything in this makes a lot of sense, I am glad that, like you mentioned, so many things are executed from the series. And, and for the most part, I think some of most of it's executed well, like. The attack of the mass-produced Evas with the mm-hmm. S2 engines, uh, it's so awesome. And then the human instrumentality project is far, like, you know, that's one of those things you're like, okay, well, how does the world emerge consciousness, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, this is a pretty good explanation because it is far more bizarre than anything I would have ever imagined. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what happens with our characters is interesting and i think it actually works pretty well with the finale but i i think that while the show the movie i think has a lot of talking points and i think actually some of them were more nebulous and interesting than the original series has to offer Hmm. in some points not all of them 
And that, but that doesn't mean like this is, isn't without its problems. Yeah. Well, you had last week, you had more problems with the plot holes than I did. Yeah. Um, and so I, I can see like end of Evangelion does provide answers to many of those questions that you asked. So I could see that being a fulfillment of some of those things that you wanted to see. But to be honest with you, <laughs> I, I don't find those answers too satisfying. I, I think they're underdeveloped. For me, this is a case of careful what you wish for because we definitely have a more definitive conclusion. But at the same time, I have to ask at what cost? Most of the questions, which were developed more slowly and with nuance, were answered with abrupt exposition. You mentioned there's exposition in the series. There is, but there's a little bit more nuance and space in between that exposition. Here, that abrupt exposition, to me, feels like a fanfic that includes too many ideas jammed into too little space. Mm. Now, I I don't hate End of Evangelion. I think this, this, uh, the visuals and the concept of, of Adam and Lilith and going off, off the wall. I actually thought that was very entertaining, very interesting. But overall, I can't say I like it, which is a shame after how much I enjoyed the series. Whereas with the series, I felt like I was able to defend it from some of the common complaints that many hold against it. Here, I feel much less comfortable doing so. In our first episode, we both claimed that the adolescent sexual exploitation critique was overblown. However, (laughs) I go back to what I said in that first episode. In that first episode, I said, you can kind of ask yourself this question. Is the way sexuality is presented in the show, does it appeal to lust or does it question, prod, and make us uncomfortable in a way that makes us think? Unfortunately, I I think in this film, we get more of the former because of how explicit it becomes. Starting with that opening scene of Shinji in Asuka's hospital room, um, which to me feels out of character for Shinji. And that sort of behavior for Shinji that feels slightly out of character, it continues for the rest of the film. And if you hadn't seen this series up until this point and all you had seen was this movie, you would think that Shinji was a whiny coward and you would you would want to scream at him what is it, getting the robot, Shinji? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, but to return to that sexuality aspect, I defended Otto's depiction of his own struggle with anxiety and depression in the series. But this movie really seems to focus in on Otto's struggle with relationships and lust, metaphorically, of course, at least most of the time here. But for some reason, the exploration here feels less universal And you use the word positively. I'm going to use it negatively, nebulous. Uh, Did you feel the same way or did you get that more personal feel? I don't know if I got the personal. Well, I I don't know if I got quite the personal feel uh, Mm -hmm. that was at the end of the original series. But I like the nebulous nature of it because, and I actually like is a strong word, but I actually think the explicit nature of the sexuality, while especially at the beginning, is pretty messed up. I think it's actually funny that you decided to stick with the opening moment to make your point because uh, I don't think it is, you know, a just lust. Like, when it's been... Like, this is one of the most hotly debated sequences in terms of, like, what it actually means hmm. that I've ever seen in anime. This and the <laughs> ending of this. Like, these are the two that I see talked about all the time. And, you know, memed quite a bit as well. 
Now, for me, though, that opening scene is just as crucial to the film as its ending. I think you could have done it a different way, obviously, but it may, it makes the ending make a lot of sense. The ending and of the series or the ending of this movie? The ending of this movie. Okay. For me, though, um, it, it actually is perfectly in line with who Shinji is because Shinji has been told what to do by everyone in the series up to this point, right? But now there is no need for Shinji. Gendo doesn't need Shinji anymore. He's beat all the angels. Ray, he's scared of Ray, who is no longer the Ray he knew. He's scared mm-hmm. of Misato. And all of his friends have left. They've moved away. The town's been destroyed. Uh, he, and then he's recently had to kill Kawaru. And the only person available to him is Asuka. Unfortunately, she's comatose. And Shinji just wants to interact with her, even though all she does is insult him. He thinks that she hates him. And he even like yells at her to do so. And so, like, with no one around to tell him what to do for, like, the first time ever, mm. he has to turn to himself. And he makes a completely 100% selfish decision with no one else in mind. And we see the ramifications of him doing so for the rest of the show because what he did was self-destructive and he can't even live with himself after doing what he did. And so Shinji's kind of... The funny thing is, is Shinji's one decision that he really gets to make just just kind of destroys him until he has another big decision to make, which is whether the Human Instrumentality Project uh, goes through with what it's supposed to do or not. And I think it's actually really interesting in this really, it's just really fascinating way. And these types of things that are brought up are, they're dismissed by a lot of people. And I, I don't think they should be. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't dis I wouldn't dismiss the, that scene as just being like exploitation for no reason. Right. To be fair. Right. Like, I know Anno has a point that he's making. And I, I like your point of him kind of setting up Shinji's behavior for the rest of the film and setting up the contrast with the decision that Shinji makes maybe later on in the film. Um, yeah, and I think you could even read into that scene, that hospital scene, just a little bit. Yeah, Shinji has control over something for like the first time. And right, but he, he makes a, a bad mm, decision. And right? reacts like he pretty much reacts on instinct because he can't yeah. even control his own dis- decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's interesting. I, to me, though, it just feels a little bit out of character based off what we've seen of Shinji before and just how um, he's interacted with Asuka and Ray. I, I think he's a little socially aware like too socially aware (laughs) to make the decision that he does right there but then again i mean you're right if there's some sort of instinct that that comes over him in that moment i I don't know we also have to remember one of the hardest things is we also have to remember this is just after he kills kawaru right he's also spiraling even more than he has been right yeah, and so it's interesting. And, uh, yeah, t- that wouldn't be the probably what I would say <laughs> if I was pointing to like an explicit scene as far as like the sexuality. I mean, there are other scenes in the film that I think that are just as explicit, if not more explicit. Oh yeah, I mean, um, this, but this one's pretty explicit. I mean, yeah, it's pretty explicit. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think like for me, 
you don't have to um, you can be suggestive without being explicit all the time I, there's there's a balance between like being explicit just for the sake of being like edgy mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and being explicit in order to further your point and I think this is kind of on that borderline there for me it doesn't quite work but uh, I'm gonna critique I have more critiques than just the explicitness of it but I will say one a couple things that I liked actually the action scenes here are all pretty awesome and the first half of this film is an action movie mm-hmm. now Ava 01 doesn't do anything but Ava 02 steals the show uh, a couple of those specific moments will probably show up in our awards uh, so I'll save them for then uh, but man there were some great Mon- there were some great scenes of monster action in this movie. Uh, I also thought Ritsuko, I thought what they did with her character and Ritsuko's ending was well executed and, and how tragic that was really as the story comes full circle. That's something that really felt fully fleshed mm-hmm. out to me. Um, I, I also like most of the scenes involving Masato. Um, Masato's sacrifice at the end feels meaningful and thinking back again to last week um it looks like in the retelling of this ending her death actually did happen alex yeah (laughs) um and that's one of the things i was talking about is like if you just interpret that from shinji's mind then you don't really know if that happened or not right yeah but you were like no it happened i was like well (laughs) i I guess but like we never see anything else of it so i mean it could have just been assumed but if you take this film and pair it up with that last film then yes it happened you were right <laughs> <laughs> um but that brings me to another critique that i had alex the second half of the series certainly had a serious grim tone but that tone was built upon the character building and the humor of the first half of the series um even in the second half uh the more serious half the characterization continued as we were offered more and more layers to these characters in this movie I think that characterization is put behind a more traditional X leads to Y leads to Z expositional showcase for the first half, followed by an ending that is just as weird, but more nihilistic and esoteric and less universal. Um, Hmm. You said that you like the characterization here. To me, it's like we didn't add anything to a characterization. Like you got Masato, but like, I don't think we added to Masato's characterization. I like how Ritsuko's art came full circle, but we didn't add to the characterization of Asuka or Shinji, in my opinion. Um, It was kind of a little bit more of the same. But I do also love those visuals in the last 30 minutes. Like, man, that was bonkers. Um, (laughs) I'm still not sure exactly what I saw, (laughs) but it was quite the spectacle. It's definitely, it's definitely a spectacle for sure. And I I do, I do love like what happens at the end, even if I don't completely understand the sequence of events, I do think I disagree with your perception of what happened with the the characters at the end as Mm. well. Like I, I, I I do agree with you with uh, Ritsuko and Gendo's ending or Ritsuko and her and Gendo's yeah. relationship, the way that goes off is so good. That standoff oh, yeah. and then the revelation so that he had planned ahead yep. to disable her bombs. Awesome. Um, and then I like the way that we, you know, I like the reveal that Masato is just a complete badass action hero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, 
And then I really like the Ray slash uh, Lilith betrayal of Gendo, where he thinks he's going to get his way, but it turns out Ray slash Lilith slash Yui mm-hmm. kind of turn on him and don't let him have his way, which is pretty interesting. Of course, I did. I did also like. I didn't like what they did with Shinji, but I appreciated the development. Now, Asuka, I do agree. I think she probably has the least amount of development. You know, she gets back in the Ava. Even though she um, plays a major role here, you know. Yes, um, she does. And her her development is relegated to probably the final scene. Um, of So I think her development is relegated to A, the final scene, and B, what happens in the original series ending. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll talk more about that in, in a little bit. But the realization that, like, what is causing AT fields? Because we've we've kind of been hinted to that Eva O one uh, Shinji's Eva, and that his mom disappeared into the Eva is kind of what we've yeah. gotten. That was well. That was another point that you made last week that I just hadn't picked up on. But then I saw like traces of it a lot more this week. Yeah, um, with this film, and yeah. we're we're seeing like transferring of souls a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. with, you see that with Ray because she's keeping her memories. Um, and then we also see that with Asuka's Ava O2, where we hear her mom talking a lot. And w- I heard the voices in the original series, but I didn't pick up that maybe her mom's soul had been placed in there. And that's why these kids can use these Avas is because someone they care about has been placed inside of them. Mm-hmm. And so that realization by her, is pretty interesting, you know, whether people buy it or not, you know, that's up to you. But well, if you I like buy the, that, then the fact that Gendo might have killed Yui actually might make sense. Yes, yeah, <laughs> see, and, that, and that's what I'm saying is like, I agree with you that this has this blockbuster feel, which, uh, especially in the early section, the actually, we get that ending yeah. right, that very weird beginning, it does feel a bit more like that, but. We get a lot of, and some of we do get the heavy exposition that is, you know, it's not quite what I would like. But then we get these offhanded moments. It's like, it's really building, like, what is happening. But you have to, like, it feels like I have to go back through and watch a lot of it and, like, string these things together. Like, I'm Charlie and Always Sunny in Philadelphia. But that's part, that's part of the everlasting appeal of Evangelion so far. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I I do think this movie is fascinating. I really do. Um, <laughs> for me, I'm going to call this movie, though, an alternate ending to the series. Okay. And not an adjacent part of the original series story, um, which I think I have the right to do. But oh, you definitely. can tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because I, I, no one knows for sure. Yeah, like, that, right. there, there's... All kinds of people that were working on the project. Yeah. And they'll say one thing where it's like the ending that they always wanted, or it's a coinciding ending and they happen at the same time. It's like no one knows for sure. Well, isn't that, that's again, that goes into this idea like it's just kind of endlessly fascinating. You know, you can go back and find new things and make new connections. You know, I'm going back to that scene in the series ending where we didn't talk about the scene, Alex, but where Shinji. Uh, kind of has this realization of his life 
as if he was never an Ava pilot. Um, mm. Oh, and, and him the sitcom. And, yeah, the sitcom sort of feel, right? Yeah. And he's like, in another life, I'm not an Ava pilot, right? I'm just Shinji and I don't need to be an Ava pilot. That's a that's a really big realization for him because he's able to kind of he sees like he can make his own choices there. Like like ultimately he has the freedom to kind of shape who he is through seeing like this alternate reality of himself. So I think it's interesting that we get a movie that explores potentially an alternate ending or an adjacent ending. And it's, and it's just as fascinating that we have this rebuild series that we're about to dive into <laughs> next week. Right. It's like yeah. all of that ties together in a really interesting way. Um, but yeah, to go back to this idea, I, as I said, I'm going to call it an alternate ending and not an adjacent ending because to call these adjacent would mean that they would line up thematically. And, and while I can see a case being made for that, if you if you see End of Evangelion as the external events of the internal conflict of the series, but for me, it's hard to see that because we still get that internal conflict of Shinji's in the final third of this movie for about 20 minutes. And honestly, I think that's one of the better parts of the movie. But the takeaway from that in this one makes me feel morally at odds with the messaging in a sense. Uh, now, I'm going purely off watching these once. <laughs> so right. I could be missing key pieces. <laughs> uh, you know, I haven't like done any re- like I'm I know I'm missing things because they're just so jam packed. Um, but the series ending concludes with that congratulations scene. And while that scene seems to confirm that the human instrumentality project was successful to some degree, I think it's important to remember that that entire ending was Shinji's personal journey, his personal quest to -hmm. find peace with others, to find his own individuality within the interconnectedness and messiness of relationships and other complex human beings. And so that movie ends with Shinji deciding that he doesn't want the project to succeed Um, the movie ends with Shinji deciding that he doesn't want the project to succeed and that he's going to restart humanity. Uh, And I guess in some sort of weird way, that's like hopeful. Mm -hmm. But then when he actually does, he can't quite, it doesn't seem like he can quite handle it. Um, Now that final scene in the movie feels metaphorical to like this real life self-sabotaging relationship. But it still ends with kind of disgust and ultimately despair. Whereas for me, the series ended, it it was nihilistic, yes, but it also offered rays of hope and connection. Yeah, it did. It did. And and like you said, it's easy to make an argument that these are definitely all, or that these are alternate endings for sure. Uh, For me, though, this just feels like the same ending to me, actually. Um, We just get the rest of it. Like, for example, Shinji rejects, the more I've thought about our talk last week, I now feel more like Shinji definitely rejects the human instrumentality project uh, in the original series. That is the side that makes sense to me now that I've just, I keep thinking about it. And of course, like the funny thing is, is he, he arrives at the conclusion that he is his own person and that he needs to be on, he needs to be on his own. Thanks to the human instrumentality project mm. is what I'm is how I'm kind of perceiving it. Yeah, some, some parts of last week and parts of that ending make me think like <laughs> it's interesting. I, it's, I'm like the human instrumentality project almost seems just fully suited to make Shinji realize this 
right? It's like, it, was it that the almost, point all along was to make Shinji mm. realize? It's just weird. But yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it all... Because, I mean, I think even Gendo... I'm not sure who said it. Gendo or maybe Masato said something that it's all up to Shinji now or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And it's kind of funny. It's like, it is. A, it was up to Shinji, and I think they probably had him not going this way. But what I like is that with the help of that, he comes to this realization that he's his own individual, which he, in turn, destroys the Human Instrumentality Project. Now, in the end of Evangelion, we see the result. And which is, it's just crazy to watch the whole sequence of events. It's just Mm -hmm. insane. And we see Shinji who does want to live and build those connections. But now that he is removed from the, from the LCL and he's like in his own individual, he's restored his own AT field, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is having a much more difficult time following through with what he wanted without the assistance of Hip. The the finale with Asuka could be a combination of multiple things. And and I I, I do kind of disagree with you. And that seems like, you know, it does feel like you think this is a big dumb action movie a little bit. I might be putting words in your your mouth, except for the finale, right? Yeah, I would say the I don't think I don't think it's a big dumb action movie. I think it's just a little expositional heavy in order to get to the action in the first ah, half. Okay. But then I think the second half is like right when the credits roll, you know, those the oh, mid movie yeah. credits. Yes. <laughs> um, one after those roll, the rest of the movie is just kind of bonkers. It's like, um, it it's really like the is. last two episodes in a sense. Right. It just yeah. pops off completely. Mm-hmm. And the, the, and the finale asks a lot of its viewer. It does. It asks a lot to try to understand First off, what just went down, <laughs> but also mm-hmm. what the sequence of events means. Like Shinji and Oscar are laying on the beach, the two only people left on the planet, at least for now. Um, there was a bit of dialogue. I'll, I'll mention it here in just a second. But, you know, he rolls over and he chokes her to to me. This is like kind of Shinji hating himself. You know, we've already had this whole movie of him hating what he had done at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And this is him kind of hating humanity. And she's like the symbol of his biggest shame. And then Asuka, who we know actually has feelings for Shinji in the original series. Um, but she hates him for it, right? But yeah. this is the first time she caresses him on the face like in a very gentle way. Which kind of restores this human connection that Shinji was really looking for. And since he does want to build this connection, even if he is ashamed... He quits choking her, and she responds with a very delayed, (laughs) disgusting, which is, for me at least, a reference that, you know, during the Human Instrumentality Project, all their minds are melded. They're seeing each other's every thought, which means she knows what Shinji did. And while she is disturbed by what he did at the beginning of the film, she did caress him, his, like, cheek, like like she cared for him. And so I actually think there is a little bit of hope despite that. Now the question of, is this a doomsday scenario? Like where are they going to eat? Like is the planet completely annihilated? I'm not sure. Are they the only two people? I don't think so actually, because Ray mentions when Shinji kicks out of it, that it's going to be up to everyone and it might take some longer than others to restore their restore themselves. So I don't think there's actually just going to be two people. I yeah. just think they're the first yeah. two. Hmm. No, I like that. I like the um, 
that offers me a ray of hope that I missed, I guess, the, while I was watching it. So I like that interpretation uh, quite a bit um, with the disgusting, <laughs> with the disgusting <laughs> right. line being that ray of hope, um, which is which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't quite put my finger on it, but yeah, I, I need I need to rewatch it at some point. I'm right. Sure. I feel like I do. I mean, they throw so much at you with the exposition. Honestly, and I feel like I need to rewatch the second half. Um, the first half was fine. Uh, the second half is more interesting to me than the first half. I just yeah. felt like so the the internal conflict part, like that last twenty minutes, it was still very interesting this time. I I just felt it wasn't quite as nuanced. Um, well, and that and maybe and I know you have a problem with that. I feel like I don't because I, in my interpretation, I'm still incorporating the last two episodes of the series yeah. into that. Right. Um, and so I thought yeah. for me, I'm like picturing like he gets that congratulations. He's emerging from the LCL and then this happens afterwards. I got you. Yeah. 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 Huh? Yeah. Interesting for sure. Interesting to think about. Well, before we get to our awards, Alex, MVM Plus, I'm sure we're going to touch on a little bit more Evangelion because we're going to have lingering thoughts for sure. <laughs> uh, and that's just what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I've got some video games that I want to talk about, oh. which is rare. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we'll talk about what we've been watching recently, if anything. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, let's do our awards then. Oh, MVM Plus. Yeah, you can find that conversation over at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod if you're interested. We have an entire entire back. How many episodes are we now of MVM Plus, Alex? Oh, man. It might be like 63, 64. Maybe, yeah, it's, maybe it's more. A lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So uh, some are pretty good, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've gotten uh, a good reception are, to. Marvel yeah, versus men. Oh yeah, we've had Marvel versus men recently. Some other discussions, um, yeah, yeah, which has been fun. We'll have a Marvel versus men soon at some point. Whenever you are able to come into Lexington over the Black Widow, I'm sure. yeah, it'll be like three more weeks, probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, let's do our awards then, Alex. Cool's character award. Who'd you have? Uh, I had Rusuko. Uh-huh. I think her. I think her finale here is awesome. You know, I didn't even we didn't even mention it, but her standoff with Gendo, where they choose to mute the like what he says before oh, she yeah. calls him a liar. That was such a good decision. So cool. Like I love that. Like I like that we get just a little bit of ambiguity ambiguity there, but you can put together that it's either like a line like you know that he really cared about her or her yeah. mom or something like that. And or that he just I don't know whatever lie he came up with, but it doesn't really matter, does it? It Because no matter what he said, it was probably going to be a lie. Man, well that's I love that scene actually. Like that is a standout scene in this entire movie for me because it feels like something straight from one of the final episodes Mm -hmm. uh, of the series, right? And it's like ambiguous enough like i don't have to have that answer to feel satisfied i feel satisfied by just like the overall tragedy of the whole thing yeah (laughs) Um, she's ready to she's ready to blow up her her mom's computer right her mom everything yeah her mom's (laughs) brain that is in the computer or whatever it is yeah and uh it's 
it's cool. I mean, she's willing to do what she has to. It's just uh, Gendo was a step ahead. Yep. Uh, so my coolest character, I'll go with Masato. Uh, because as you said earlier, we find out that she is like an action hero. We, we kind of knew this already, but um, the point when she just launches in and sh- saves Shinji. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, kind of echoes back the soldier's line that he told Shinji. What was it? Like, it's nothing personal. Yes. Um, <laughs> That was pretty awesome. Um, that was awesome. You know, for some reason at that moment, I was like, this this is starting to remind me of Akira. Um, I could see that. Why, but like uh, something about that scene reminded me of that movie. I could see it. I could see it. I don't think you're, I don't think you're off base there. Um, what about your most memorable line award? Uh, mine comes from Misato, actually. And oh. it's after that scene, towards the end of her time with Shinji, when she says... Answer your own questions, and when you found your answers, come back to me. I'll be waiting for you. I just think, <laughs> you know, I like lines, Alex, that also can be like meta reflections of yes. the series and the movie. And I think this is that. Answer your own questions, and when you found your answers, come back to me. I'll be waiting for you. Might as well just be the movie talking to us as the audience. Right? <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, well, what about you, man? Uh, disgusting, which is again, hotly debated one line at the end of the film. The implications are pretty enormous for a variety of meanings people could get from it. And it's also been translated so many different ways that people like debate on it, but it all ends up being pretty similar to disgusting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is an interesting line. I had not considered your interpretation of that, but I like that interpretation because it's more helpful than my interpretation. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and I used to not not think of it that way, but this time around, watching it, when she did the caress on the face, I was like, "This the disgusting afterwards isn't quite as bad as I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Oh, go ahead. You know, I, I just took it a, a more um, negatively because I, I, I was seeing that scene a little bit. I was seeing it more metaphorically and like really a reflection of just like a, a relationship that has gone sour. And mm-hmm. Shinji's type of character has just been choking the life figuratively out of their partner, you know. Right. Um, and the partner is coming back and like telling them that they're disgusting and it's just kind of like this back and forth. So I'm, I, I like your interpretation more though. <laughs> Sweet. Um, so, so what about your can't believe that acting award? Mine goes to Gendo actually. And it's because of that, that scene where he's a step ahead of Ritsuko. Um, yeah. There's just some layers that, and also the scene where, yeah, Ray turns his back on him. Um, he didn't expect it. And you sense that through that performance and this dub that we're watching kind of the redub of the series, uh, Gendo is voiced by Ray chase, uh, who does a good job in those scenes. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I mean, he's, he was the one I was actually going to put, um, because first off we get to see him talk a whole bunch. Yeah. Right. And he's, he shows a lot more interesting depth, but then so does Ray, uh, played by Ryan Bartley. She does a wonderful job with the character this time around, especially when it, it when she merges with 
Lilith mm-hmm. and becomes the super thing and like all of a sudden super thing. And just like she gets huge and she like interacts with Shinji. She shows a lot more depth to her character and more humanity as like she kind of leaves this choice up to Shinji. I just really like that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, what about your standout animated sequence? I mean, it's all, I feel like it's almost impossible to not put pick Eva O2 versus the mass produced Evas mm-hmm. or uh, it's like, it's so brutal. And then when it turns out that like everything was for nothing, it's uh, whew. even more but brutal. It, it is even more brutal. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I, I love the, that scene. Um, I actually thought it was just as entertaining, if not more entertaining. This is my standout sequence award. When uh, Ava O2 lifts the carrier up, in the oh, air yeah. and then the carrier on both sides of, of her arms kind of starts to crack. I'm like, yes. well, yeah, because that's what would happen, you know? Exactly. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, the Ava throws it. I, I thought it was really interesting watching the Ava against the military. So I love that entire sequence. So that's my standout sequence award. Yeah. The boat is awesome. You might be yeah. right. That that's the best. Part. <laughs> <laughs> what about your, uh, I can't believe that still award. Uh, so this is the part after Ray has merged with Adam slash Lilith, I guess. Uh, um, no, well, yeah. I mean, she, I guess, merged with both, right? Yeah. So Adam Gendo, is the Gendo has Adam on his hand. Uh huh. Right, right. And then Lilith is the big one. Really? Which is I don't. The I, think of a- I thought Adam was the big one. I don't know. Oh my uh, gosh! <laughs> uh, this is what I'm talking about, man. This is the part I just can't like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is confusing. But after that point, and Adam, uh, the big white thing, starts to rise, and you see um, Gendo's silhouette, like in the foreground, and she's mm-hmm. this really cool contrast with the white of this creature rising. And it just looks monstrous and gigantic, and it seems like it's getting bigger. So I loved that still. That was that was a stand. There were several good ones though that I could have chose here. Yeah. Lots of moments I was just like, "Wow, that is pretty awesome." Now, Eric, do you think Gendo was killed before he could go into the human instrumentality thing? Because he gets bitten in half, right? And then you just see his legs standing there. Huh. I don't you know. remember that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know though. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, and so that brings me to my award. Um, the first thing that Shinji sees when he gets into the um, Eva, or that, what am I calling it? That, that, Ava. The it's Ava. whatever you yeah, decide that, on today. Eva, right? Ava. It's just your choice. Yeah, when he gets yeah. into the Eva and he launches and he goes up and he looks for Asuka and he just sees them carrying like the severed head. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good stuff. Rough. <laughs> it's like it's just so horrific because he thinks he's going to be able to save the day, yeah. and it's uh, too late. It is. Oh man. Yeah. Another. It kind of goes back to the beginning of of my critique, though. It's like I I understand why they were more uh, explicit, and they're explicit in their sexuality and their violence. Right in mm-hmm. the movie, this movie is a lot more violent than the series. Yeah. It's because right. it didn't have to be on, it wasn't like a, you know why? I mean, it, yeah, it, right, right. Cause go they could do so much more. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, 
they they had the budget to do anything that they wanted pretty much and yeah exactly it was it wasn't like a tv series um so yeah I, and so i get that it just felt sometimes i was like man i feel like i'm watching there seems to be a disconnect between the series that i just watched and this movie that i'm watching even though as i said it is it does get just as bonkers in that last 45 minutes Parts of it just felt a little bit disconnected to me for whatever okay. reason. But yeah, I guess that brings us to our rating and ranking, Alex. Yeah, let's hear it, Eric. <laughs> well, I think the series and this movie are very fascinating. And I like the fact that we have this movie. Um, I And I know, as you, as you mentioned, there are myths surrounding this movie. Um, there's an entire story about how this movie was made that I'm sure is endlessly fascinating. And you could probably, uh, dive into that and find new interpretations of the movie just based off the making of this movie. Right. And just based (laughs) off Anno's life. I mean, there's so many things, so many angles that you could take here. So all of that is endlessly fascinating for me. But as for the movie itself, like isolated by itself, the movie, it, it didn't work for me as, as much as I wanted it to. Uh, right. I didn't think that we we had the characterization that we had in the series. Part of that disconnect that I was just mentioning is even when we got dark in the series, there was an underbelly of the series that we kind of had from the beginning that was much more lighthearted and it was much more grounded in these uh, characters that felt goofy at times, right? So... And I, and I like that. I, I think it did a good job at balancing those tones. This movie, I wouldn't call it a big uh, blockbuster action movie, but w- the first half is that action that most fans of the series probably wanted to see that payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned it last week, like getting to see that Ava fight <laughs> was awesome. And so like that was well-deserved. And then we got the bonkers off the wall on stuff in the second half. And as bonkers as that was, there was absolutely no lightheartedness in this entire movie. It was mm. pretty dark from beginning to end. And so for me, it does, it doesn't quite live up to my expectations of what I would like to see um, for the end of Evangelion. And so that's why I call it an alternate ending. Because for me, I would give this film a 2.5 out of 5, whereas I gave the series a 4.5 out of 5. So I like the series a whole lot. This was a step down for me, though I still think it's pretty fascinating, for sure. Man. Yeah, I'm still of the perspective that this is just an extension of the the series for me. And so, like... I'm not missing a lot of those elements of what is, I guess what's really go what's happening in the last two episodes when Shinji has his big revelation. I still in my mind incorporate it and it's kind of impossible for me to really judge this as like, you know, just the movie. Yeah. Um, Cause I actually feel a little different from you where I feel like everything is pretty cohesive. I don't remember laughing or anything lighthearted from the last six, no, the last eight episodes probably mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of Evangelion. Like we d- we didn't have anything funny going on after he almost killed his friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
it was pretty dark. I mean, the last time we saw Asuka in the series was like comatose in a bathtub. Right, in a right. dark no, alley, it's, right? It gets dark, yeah. And, and so there, there's like there's almost no levity in the back half or the mm-hmm. back back quarter of the series, and I feel like this also doesn't have any levity, and and it's probably far darker even than the dark stuff in that. Mm-hmm. And I, I like where all our characters' things get resolved or at least taken to, and so I'm pretty pleased with like some of the stuff we do have a few questions and answers that are rushed or just a little too messy maybe, but I give it a, I'm going to give it a four out of five. I, th- mm-hmm. I think it works as an extension. Um, I don't know if it's completely necessary, but I do like having it around. Yeah. Uh, no, I, th- and yeah, I, I, honestly, I'm judging a little bit. I'm judging the movie by itself, which I probably shouldn't do, right? Like, um, obviously, because there's a whole series to contextualize it. I get that. I get that. Um, And yet, it's hard for me not to, in a sense, because it is like a movie and presented as a movie. It's it's just hard for me to separate the two. I I don't know. Um, So maybe maybe I shouldn't, but yeah, it's it's, it's hard to separate. It's... uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know. Two point five might be harsh. It might be harsh it, on it. It does seem a little harsh, but you know that's you, but, man. But you point, you yeah, want. but a two point five for me doesn't necessarily. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that I hated a movie. It just means like I didn't really like a movie. Once you get to three, then you like a movie, and it starts getting better from there, right? Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, two point five just. Is right there on the border of I, I didn't like it just because of a couple issues. But. Yeah, well, yeah. I, well, <laughs> I think it. they're all valid criticisms. Though. I am I mean, excited. Yeah. I am excited for the rebuild series. Um, I am too. So I've only seen real. I've seen a still, or I've seen a, a picture of Asuka. All right, and so this is fascinating. To oh. me. and this is a, this is not a. I already know what picture. It is a spoiler, is. I guess. But like, I've been spoiled. So if you don't want any spoilers and you have no idea. You can like turn the, the show off now, it, but it's it's a spoiler. It's with a picture, and if you've seen, well, uh, if you've been online at all, I guarantee you've seen it, right? Yeah, and it's the it's the Oscar with an eye patch, which you know she loses an eye. And, yes, yeah. and so I'm like, what? It, <laughs> uh, like, yeah. how does this play in? Um, because it may or may her, not. It, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't but it, <laughs> it well, that's does. what I'm saying. It's like it doesn't in any sort of like. It may not in any sort of real way, but I'm just curious yeah. how that ah, comes around. I can't wait. I can't and wait to watch if it. there is any sort of loose thematic connection or like why? Like it's it's too. It's, it wouldn't. It can't be a coincidence, right? Um, right. It, there has to be a reason for it, and so I'm I'm curious as to how to to figure that out. Well, a big a big thing that uh, one of the theories. Which is would totally be fine. I mean, it makes sense, especially with the rebuild, is that there's multiple timelines, mm-hmm. and that in end of Evangelion is an, is a possible alternate timeline to the original series, and then the rebuild series is its own thing, and then the manga is its own. Like, but they all branch off, yeah, of a certain event or something, yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know if it has any validity. It's it's again. The show, this this series has so have, many. That's why you can have fun with it, right? Exactly. Yeah, 
Because there's nothing really quite like that. Um, <laughs> there, there really right? isn't, right? There's nothing yeah. that we have like four different interpretations from the same creator of the same material. Yeah, it's right? so... <laughs> <laughs> like we have, we have like, uh, you, you saw The Green Knight this past weekend. Yes. We have interpretations and interpretations and adaptations of The Green Knight, right, in literature um, throughout history by different sorts of people putting their own spin on it. This is the same creator putting his own spin on the same material multiple times. <laughs> Which is so interesting, right? It's just so- Yeah. And you know, I heard, Alex, I heard that... Um, uh, I didn't read into it because I didn't want to be spoiled, but I, I read that for its release on Amazon, Anno and his creative team went back in and made some changes and fixes to the final movie that weren't there before. Interesting. I wonder, because they just weren't satisfied exactly with how it turned out. I mean, with with you know what, that's totally fine. Like normally I oh, might yeah. be a little conflicted by that, but with with Anno, I feel like he would probably be he'll probably tailor with it while you're watching it. Like you'll you'll be in the middle of buffering. You're, you'll you'll your video feed will start buffering just so he can edit something real quick yeah. while you're watching. I mean, and his his thing was. Um, you know, the artistic process is ongoing, right? It's continual. So, and I get that, that that's what I tell my students. And I think that's, that's pretty true in life. So I'm okay with it. 100%. I won't be yeah. surprised if in like 10 years we get something else. Evangelion. Oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> Even though yeah. he said, this is the last thing. Right? Yeah, he did. It, but he also said that it is not the end of Evangelion. And so like implying that there's going to be more, but not necessarily like a follow up with what he's done, right, right? Or anything like that. But like the the franchise will continue. Oh I'm yeah. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, there'll be a live action adaptation at some point. Uh, oh boy. Probably. But sure all right, Alex. Hey guys, it's Alex. Uh, we forgot to say what we were doing next week, and since we're doing two movies, I figured I'd cut it in a little inter- interstitial here. Uh, we are watching. Evangelion 1.11 and Evangelion 2.22, both of which should be on Amazon Prime at the time you're listening to this. Uh, So we'll catch you next week. Well, let's go ahead and close things out. On Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at MVM underscore pod. On Letterboxd, we're Alex Cornett and Eric Neely. Support us um, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash MVM pod and receive weekly bonus off the cuff episodes and if you feel so led leave us a review on itunes those reviews really help monsters vs. men is produced by alex cornett executive producers rock band for playstation 3 senior honda drew the collector our instagram connector and you the listener for listening until next week try, try to, to stay, stay alive, alive. you all Gendo has Adam on his hand. Uh-huh. Right? Right? And then Lilith is the big one. Really? Which is I don't, the spawn I think, of humanity. I thought Adam was the big one. I don't know. Oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, this is what I'm talking about, man. This is the part I just can't. like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is confusing.